right, everybody. It is time for our Valentine's Day special, which means don't marry her, but someone else. Um, good evening. Just in case you were not listening, this is uh, Friday Night Drunken Trivia, the only radio show where the consolation prize is getting drunk. Now, before we get started, there we go. Um, I must remind you that you must be 21 years of age or older to play, and that playing the game does not guarantee a win of any kind. Uh, also, we do not hold any liability for any stupid things you might do when you're drunk, but that's okay. We all agree to play on our system. It includes drinking whenever you give an incorrect answer, and you promise not to use anything other than your brain to find the answers to questions. All questions are found or written by moi and are not known to either of our contestants prior to the show, and you can't win if you don't enter, so head over to facebook.com slash trivia to be on the show. This week's fabulous Fabulous prize comes to us from our very awesome favorite, my favorite, BarsCookies.com. Our favorite sponsor. Absolutely. They honestly, and I love cookies. I love sweets of any kind. I love any kind of chocolate. I am easily bought. However, they have the best chocolate chip cookies that I've ever in my life had. And let me tell you, I have had many, many of They're the only cookies I can eat when I'm drinking beer. That's true. You know, I would I would expect for any other cookie to make you kind of oof to go with beer, but it mixes well with beer. Um, speaking of beer, this evening, of course, this is our Valentine's Day episode, which is why it's so special, because next week uh, you're not doing this. I'm not doing this. We're going out. Um, in honor of Valentine's Day, I am drinking this wonderful, maybe horrible stuff, called Delicia, and it is called Whipped. It comes in this lovely champagne-looking bottle that pops and fizzes and everything else when you open it, and it's crystal clear, and it's supposed to taste like marshmallow. Um, And because you've done it before, I am going to take my very first sip on the air, and let's see how horrible it is. Shall we? Are you ready? There you go. Mmm. (laughs) <laughs> well, it definitely smells like marshmallows, um, which I love marshmallows. It tastes kind of like, kind of like Sprite wants to kill me. Oh. And has an interesting, sickening, excuse me, after well, that's a ring so, endorsement. It, it is. Um, no, it has one of these aftertastes that's kind of like, okay, has it been long enough since I've eaten? Because I don't want to taste that salad and buffalo sauce coming back up. No, it, it's, um, Maybe you I have a strong to stomach. No, I have a strong stomach. I think I'll be okay. It's only a malt beverage. Um, what is this here? This is, oh, it's flavored beer. And it does contain sulfites, it says. 5% alcohol by volume. Yeah, I think I've had a, a nice big, so I think I'm, I'm stuck on this for the night. But no, it's, it, this is good for, you know, girls getting their nails and watching Sex in the City, I think. Okay, yeah, well, I'm I out think of so. here then. Listen, no. before we get started, I need to make an announcement. Absolutely. All right, so um, 
I I'm, I don't know what the crossover audience is between Friday Night Drunken Trivia and the Ignorance Equation. Uh, as everybody has at least heard us talk about on here, we have our Sunday political show, The Ignorance Equation. Um, that's the show where we usually have we usually have a guest of you know a really interesting guest and guests that are semi well heard of, and it seems like well Friday Night or Ignorance Equation. A, a low show is about eight nine hundred downloads. That's like a really like wow! I can't believe only nine hundred people tuned in. A good show can be up to three thousand. We had over thirty one hundred downloads the other week with Jamie McCall, and it it varies. Like we had Matt Johnson on, mm-hmm. who did the Dirties. He's the um, writer and star of the movie The Dirties. I thought that was going to be a huge show, and there was like nine hundred listeners. That's it. And then, um, like I said, the Jamie McCall show took off. So I don't know what the formula is for success. We're promoting them all about the um, same. If I had to make a guess, I would say it's because Jamie McCall uh, is blonde, is beautiful, and uh, oh, Matt we Johnson's alcoholism. Matt Johnson is cool, um, and he's very, very intelligent. Not, not to say that Jamie's not. They're, they're both intelligent. However, Jamie it, Reminds me of a Barbie doll with a brain, and because um, I, I have to mention that she does have a brain. She's very smart. I like her. Um, but we also mentioned alcoholism, so that kind of gets the rubbernecking train wreck kind of people wanting to. Charles Thompson one didn't do that well, but the Chris Novembrino one did very good. You know, well of over twenty Chris, Chris is a very handsome young man. That's wow, what so you're is. saying it's all whoever's face I put on the player that week. Um, I think it's a mix between whose face you put on the player and who they are. So, well, for example, in, my face in off Chris's the player, case, we'll have people take it. We'll have negative listens. Um, anyways, <laughs> I don't want to dwell on this, but I I, I did oh, yeah. want to point out that we had um, Elena Smith from King of the Nerds on the Friday Alana. night show. Alana, I don't know why mm-hmm. I keep saying Elena. Sorry, on the Friday night thing? show. And that had 315 listens. And then we had my friend Jason on last week from Chicago. That had 309 listens. And the Friday mm-hmm. night show seems to have a more loyal audience. We always have 300 to 350 listens on this show. So I'm not sure yeah. if any people that listen to this show is listening to the Sunday show. But I did want to give everybody a couple of heads ups. Uh, one, there will be no ignorance equation this Sunday or next Sunday. I had um, Sarah Biggle from Huffington Post, HuffPost Live, actually, um, formerly of HuffPost Live. She did the entertainment commentary for that site. She was uh, booked for this week, this Sunday, and next Sunday. A great book, an awesome book called Ruin Ruin. The author of that book, I can't pronounce his last name, so I'm not even going to try to butcher it, was scheduled for next Sunday. I had to reschedule them for March because I totaled my car Saturday. I told that story last week on the ignorance equation. My car got totaled. And then, anyways, I'm not going to tell that story on this show, but check out last Friday's show, or last Sunday's show, rather, if you want to hear that. But I did want to let everybody know we're going to be off the air for two weeks because next weekend we're going out of town for Valentine's Day. Uh, We will be back Sunday, or actually we'll be back Friday the 21st, as I play Chris Novenbrino from Don't Worry About the Government, the only person who's ever beaten me at Friday Night Drunken Trivia. So we're having a rematch. But I did want to let everybody know, last Monday I was on Chris's show. Actually, it's Bearman's show. It's Bearman Radio. If you're in the D.C. area, it's WBAD 
or you could check them out online at Bearman Radio Group. And if that's Bearman and Chris Novenbrino's political show that comes on Sunday, that has an hour crossover with mine. So I was on that show for an hour. If you want to check out their archive, um, real fast, we were talking about basically how we can't make any forward progress as long as people are believing crazy, loony conspiracy theories. Like now, there's now people are so headstrong against climate change. Now there's a conspiracy theory yeah. that all the snow we've received yeah. in the south mm-hmm. is actually not snow. It's a special chemical from a weather machine that Obama's mm-hmm. been spraying us with so he can ram his climate control agenda down our throat. But anyways, I was talking about stuff like – not that Obama thing. But I was talking about crazy conspiracy theories and how Newtown um, – there was a lot of people saying Newtown didn't happen. There's 20 kids are still alive. It was a scam to take your gun. And these kids are alive mm-hmm. hiding in a bingo parlor basement somewhere. And we were talking about how ludicrous that was. And as soon as I hung up and got on my show, I went back and listened to the archive. And somebody called in and was like, yeah, it's true. Those kids are alive. Obama's coming for your gun. Nuh-uh. And they tried to – and, and uh, Bear Man and Novembrino tried to point out all the logistics of why this is impossible. 30,000 people in Newtown are in this conspiracy. And he's like, well, I could prove it. I saw footage of the guy. He was cracking a joke before he went on, and nobody who just lost a kid would do that, blah, blah, blah. And a normal guy would be able to let that go and just shut the fuck up and not respond. But I wrote Chris today, and I said, I've got to come back Sunday. I'm not doing a show Sunday. Uh, We were supposed (laughs) to go out of town to buy a car, but we lucked out and found a car here. So I'm actually going to be home this weekend with nothing to do. I have got to call in and rebuttal Mm -hmm. to what this guy said. I don't know why I can't let it go. It has been turning in my head for six days. All I've been thinking about well, five days, all I've been thinking about. This crazy jackwad who thinks that the little kids are really like, oh, my God. So um, I know I tied kind of a long tail to that kite. But I was trying to get to the point. I'll be on Bear Man again this Sunday. If you check out Bear Man Radio Group, check them out on Facebook. Go to their page. If you're in the D.C. area, it's um, 2 o'clock, noon. What time is it? Noon. Noon. Eastern time. Mm-hmm. Or I think it's Central time, actually, because they're an hour yeah, off. I think they're – no, I think they're – because they're in D.C. Yeah, but the I think show itself is in D.C. I don't know. Anyways, go go to the site. Check if you're in DC. They're on WBAD. If you're um, outside of that, noon Eastern because it's at twelve o'clock Eastern because our show starts at one Eastern. You were on that show for almost an hour. Therefore, it starts an hour before our show, which is twelve, which okay, so, is yeah. Eastern time. So, whatever they call it. Anyway, right. so yeah, tune into that. And All right, if you want to keep talking. Go freaking bananas! Check it out. I'm going to be on there Sunday, and I'm going to be all amped up. Okay, let's play some okay. trivia. All right, so as you know, this is our special Valentine episode, and per your advice and per the horrible, horrible taste, and I don't want to hate marshmallows forever, I dumped my glass of marshmallow crap, and I cracked open a Mike's Hard Strawberry Lemonade. So, I'm good. Sarah, are you with us? Sarah. I am here. Yay, Sarah! Sarah, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, okay, you have to promise not to make fun of me, but okay, I absolutely. have <laughs> vanilla vodka and a cherry Coke. <laughs> that actually sounds really good. It sounds like a vanilla cherry kick your ass. 
Yeah, it's quite tasty. <laughs> yeah. Oh, see now, if, sometimes I like cherry coke. I hate cherries. I'm allergic to cherries. I don't like cherry or anything. But sometimes, for some ungodly reason, I like cherry coke and like I, I don't mind cherry cough drops and things like that. So I think I could handle such a thing. Mm. You know what? That would be really real good. Quick. Can you guys? Dr Pepper and vanilla and vanilla vodka. I bet that'd be really good. Hello. Oh yeah. Yeah, we hear you. Okay. I want to say real quick, uh, my buddy Odell was supposed to play me tonight, and at last minute, around 4 o'clock, I got an email from him that he had to work late. And I asked Sarah if she would come on tonight, and being the super sweetheart she is, she came in last minute like a true champ and decided to play me in trivia. So thank you for saving tonight's episode, Sarah. Hey, you brave, brave <laughs> um, I don't know about that. I think we're pretty friendly here. <laughs> no, no, we're we're good. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, I'm drinking this. I was drinking that horrible thing. Now I'm not drinking the horrible thing. Okay. And, and you know, since we don't get anybody ever participating from the audience to answer the mystery question, and it is Valentine's Day, Sarah, you're going to receive two dozen cookies from Bart's Cookies, whether you beat me or not. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. If people start it. writing and, they, and saying that they want to go for the mystery prize, <laughs> if the, you know, if I don't win or if I do win, then we'll yeah. start putting that mystery prize out to the audience again. But we haven't got much of a reception on that. So Bart's cookies yeah, are super yummy. We need to get rid. Like yeah, we yeah. need to give them out tonight and get them out to the people. <laughs> yeah, because if we don't give them out, then I'm going to eat them. I guarantee, <laughs> and, and I'm telling you. Well, they really um, do. I mean, Mark you can pick any, any flavor you want. Huh? Or won't mail them to us. Well, I know, but I, he he said if we ask him for some, he might give us more. So um, I probably could, but no, I, I won't. I, really, though, you, you'll get to choose any two flavors you want. They're, they're the best thing ever. And I'll oh. get to eat them because Sarah will bring them to work. So I yep, wouldn't there you go. No, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll debate it. Mm-hmm. You know, Valentine's Day is next week. Take all the crumbs, brush them <laughs> off the table into a Ziploc bag. All right. <laughs> Gee, thanks. Okay, guys, let's get down to brass tacks here. Um, all right, you're going to buzz in with your name. We are going to 21 this evening, and everything so far is multiple choice. Remember, if you buzz in before I finish it, before I finish asking the question or giving the possible answers, I will not finish until after you have answered. Um, we flipped the coin. No, we didn't. And I said, since uh, this is Valentine's, etc., we are going to have plenty of Valentine-ish questions, but we are going to start out with some pop culture because it's fun and I like it and it confuses Nick. And do we drink only – I've never been clear on this. Do we drink only if we get the wrong answer, or do we drink every time somebody gets the right answer, or both? Uh, you know, I drink whenever I feel like it. I mean, I never stop drinking, but I just want to know what the official handbook says. The official handbook says that if you answer and it is incorrect, then you must drink. But if I don't answer in time, if Sarah answers first – and gets it right. Then I don't you can have drink, to drink if you feel like it. You don't have to drink, but it's more fun if you do. Well, let's raise the stakes and say you have to drink for that too. Is everybody down with that amendment to the rule book? So we're just going to drink whatever okay. question. Is that what you're saying? No, if you get the question right, you don't have to drink. Basically, the only scenario where you won't be drinking is when you're right, which is how life should work in general. 
Um, that, that is true. If life I could have that life. code of ethic at work, it would make mm-hmm. your work life so much more enjoyable. It would. <laughs> All right, guys, remember, buzz in with your name. We are starting with some pop culture because it's easy. And all these are worth one point. In May 2005, Primetime Live reported claims by American Idol contestant Corey Clark that he and what American Idol judge had an affair during season two of the show? Uh, Was it? Saucy, go ahead. Was it Paula Abdul? Or is that the wrong show? Dang it. Yeah, Yeah, that actually is correct. My sound effect was turned down. There we go. That is correct. It was Paula Abdul. Rumor had it. Oh, no, that's Mariah yeah. Carey. Wrong song. Yeah, I don't know. Paula Abdul straight up. That's what she called. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, rumor had it that they had an affair. Um, I, uh, Fox Network did do an investigation, and they said that the claims lacked evidence. So it was kind of a he said, she said, and she's got more money than he did. So there went Well, that. Fox did the investigation. I'm sure they turned out it was Obama's fault. <laughs> Obama was pimping Paula Abdul. You know, though, as much as we ride on Fox News for being a bunch of liars and haters, um, I have to say I love Family Guy. I love The Simpsons. So I, I wouldn't be the person I am today without Fox. Honestly, yeah. Moving on. Uh, let's see. In Five Minutes of Heaven, the movie, not the game, Catholic actor Liam Neeson played real-life Protestant ta- terrorist Alistair Little from what spot? Was it Canada? From what? I'm sorry, from what what? Okay. In the movie Five Minutes from Heaven, Catholic actor Liam Neeson played real-life Protestant terrorist Alistair Little, who is from where? Okay. Was Alistair Little from Canada, South Africa, Northern Ireland, or the United States? Saucy. Saucy, go ahead. Protestant, and that name has got to be Ireland. C. That is correct. He was from Northern Ireland. Never heard of the movie, but following the stream of logic. The Protestant actor James Nesbitt played the Catholic brother of the man that Alistair Little killed. So, yeah, it was... um, Catholic against the Protestants. Yes, pretty much. Um, Moving on. What American band has been awarded 28 gold albums to date, the most of any rock band in the United States? Was it... I'm echoing now. Great. Uh, Cheat Trick, ZZ Top, Aerosmith, or Kiss? Saucy. Saucy, go ahead. Oh, God. My gut's telling me Cheat Trick, <laughs> but my brain's telling me Aerosmith. I, I, for some reason, even though Cheat Trick's not that popular, not like a legend like Aerosmith, I, I'm... I'm I'm probably wrong, but I've got to go with my gut. I'm going to say A, Cheap Trick. That is incorrect. Enjoy your drink. Sarah, you have a chance to steal. Uh, I actually, is it 
Well, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm going to go ahead and go with C, Aerosmith. That is also incorrect. Enjoy your drink. Oh, boo. <laughs> no, that actually is, and you're going to, anyway, it's Kiss. The band will be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. Mm-hmm. DJ would be happy to hear that. How many gold albums? That is 28. I didn't mm-hmm. even think they had 28 albums. <laughs> um, I think I probably at one time had in my house 28 eight tracks of them. Like, I know they've only got maybe ten albums with their makeup on, and in Creatures of the Night they took off their makeup and they pretty much imploded after that. And then yeah, Peter they, Chris left, and Paul or not Paul Stanley, um, what's his face, Ace Fraley, left to start mm-hmm. Fraley's Comet, and Peter Chris left, and the band kind of fell apart, and they got Vinnie Vincent in there, and that was a disaster. Yeah, but as Recent as, I don't know, six years ago, they were still selling merch like crazy. Because I remember going into, I can't remember if it was Spencer's or Hot Topic, one of those places, and I actually found, um, among other things, a candy dispenser of Kiss. But but that's because they're retro. That's not because, I mean, they can't still be putting out, like, new material. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'd have to look. If so, then I'm going to feel really bad for my son because, you know, he's a KISS fan because his dad was a KISS fan and so he's got all this KISS crap. And Anyway, moving on, uh, that puts Saucy at two, Sarah at uh, knit love. <laughs> but um, we can change that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Moving on, Silver with one point, still um, multiple choice. Yeah, that's the word I was going for there. Uh, how many sealed briefcases are used at the beginning of a round on deal or no deal? Saucy. Is it? Saucy, go ahead. I shouldn't have done that. It's either 27 or 29. Or no, I think it's 36. Oh, my God. Hold on. I'm closing my eyes. I'm trying to visualize this. 27, 29, or 36? 27, 29, or 36? Do they have them in the thirties? I think they do have them in the thirties. I'll, I'll try. Uh, damn it! Why did I do that? Thirty-six. That is incorrect. <clears throat> Enjoy your drink. All right, Sarah. Is it one hundred four, fifty-two, thirteen, or twenty-six? Oh my gosh. Um. 26? That is correct. Yeah, it was 26, not 36. Okay. Yes, and if you remember, each of those 26 briefcases contains anything from one penny all the way to the million dollars. Yeah, I missed that show. I really liked that show. That was a good show. I remember a Kennywood. I've seen the board game version. Machine and Kennywood and mm-hmm. Deal or No Deal Machine and Kennywood. I hit the million dollar briefcase. Oh, my God. Uh, we won like yeah. 200 tickets. That was awesome. Yeah. I wish so I could have done that in real life. Cool. Yeah. That is right? the arcade at Kennywood. <clears throat> yeah. They, no, they had one they had at Kennywood, and they also had it, if you remember, at Chuck E. Cheese. I never won that and, Yeah, you played that one for like an hour. That's like the only thing you played. 
like the kids and I were oh, running no, around no. doing the one that's like a jump rope and all this other no, stuff. No, I played the like, fire, the fire department thing where you had to take your finger and go through the different mazes. Oh yeah, no, no, that's too. The yeah, that's... I was playing at Chuck E. Cheese. I don't remember playing Deal or No Deal with Chuck E. Cheese. You know where it was? It was at Gaddy. That's where Maybe it was. Gwen's thing. Okay. Anyway, we digress. I'm sure the all audience the wants to know all this trivial information. Of course. Anyway, moving on, that puts Sarah at one and Saucy at two. Uh, what happened to the hockey-playing Cheers character, Eddie Lebeck, after actor Jay Thomas was overheard complaining on a radio show about having to kiss Rhea Perlman? Did he impale Saucy. himself on a... Cri- Go ahead, Saucy. He died, got written off the show. I think he got hit in the head with a puck. That's close, but not enough. Uh, the answers were, oh yeah, enjoy your drink. The answers were, he impaled himself on a Christmas tree. He was crushed by a Zamboni. He fell down an elevator shaft, or he was crushed by zucchinis. Oh my gosh, I have no idea. Um, I don't know, see? Fell down an elevator shaft. That is incorrect. Enjoy your drink. It was the Zamboni, a former Bruins goalie. He was making a living in an ice show. Yeah. So enjoy your drink. I really got to close it in before you read the answers. (laughs) Yeah, thank. It's hubris, (laughs) I tell you. Pure hubris on my part. Moving on. Played by James Marsden. What X-Man was unceremoniously killed by Jean Grey in the opening half hour of X-Men The Last Stand? Was it Nightcrawler, Colossus, Iceman, or Cyclops? Frosty. Sarah. <laughs> oh, I think Sarah started buzzing first. Go ahead, Sarah. Uh, was it Dean Cyclops? That is correct. It was Cyclops. Some say it was in retaliation for his appearance in Superman Returns, in which he begged Lois Lane. Not often that Brian Singer jumped ship on the X-Men trilogy to direct mm. Superman, and they're probably pissed at Brian Singer, because he he wrote the first three movies as a trilogy and then jumped ship after the second one. And then the new guy that came in, who never even fucking read an X-Men comic book, um, just scrapped the trilogy script, scrapped the third part of the trilogy script, which Dark Phoenix Rising, and just wrote mm-hmm. his own movie. That's why the third movie sucks so bad. Huh. You know, I hadn't really thought about it. But yeah, that that makes sense, because I was wondering... And now Brian Singer is back doing X-Men Days of Future Past. Yeah, but you know how it goes with a trilogy or with a movie that precedes the set. It just, I don't know. This, yeah, but this isn't a prequel. This is actually from the Chris Claremont storyline where they go into the future mm. and all the mutants are put into death camps. Uh-huh. That's, so that's I, I have high hopes for the new X-Men movie. Mm-hmm. Mm. You never know. Okay, well, that puts you guys, uh, Sarah, that puts you at two, and Saucy is at two. So, yay. 
moving on. Still in pop culture because I like it so much. Um, Oscars co-hosts Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin vie for the record for most SNL hosting gigs. What was the first movie they were in together? Was it Beetlejuice, L.A. Story, Grand Canyon, or It's Complicated? Can you read the question again? Yes. Oscars co-hosts Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin vie for the record for the most SNL hosting gigs. Okay, what L.A. Was the story. First? Um, saucy, L.A. Story. That is incorrect. Enjoy your drink. Yeah, Sarah, do you think it was Beetlejuice, Grand Canyon, or It's Complicated? Uh, I have no idea, so I'm going to go with B, Grand Canyon. That is also incorrect. Enjoy your drink. Oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> no, it was It's Complicated, and the Nancy Myers movie also stars Miss Meryl Streep. Yeah, no, it was yeah, me either. Um, but that's okay. <clears throat> okay, recorded in 1983, what is the only single that Van Halen released during their career to reach number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100? Was it Jump, Running with the Devil, Panama, or Hot for Teacher? Um, Saucy. Saucy, go ahead. I know it's probably off the 1984 album. Which Joe Pot for Teacher and Panama are all off that album, which was the last David Lee Roth album. Um, God, was it Jump or Panama? I know both of those songs were huge. God, Running with the Devil is pre-1983, so it's not that. I think that's off Van Halen, too. Um, jump or Panama? Jump or Panama? Oh, God. I'm, I'm going to say jump. Hey, jump. That is correct. It was jump. The music video for jump, of course, was directed by Van Halen frontman David Lee Roth himself. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Saucy, that puts you at three, and Sarah is at two. Um, moving on. In what movie did horror directors Roger Corman and George Romero both cameo as FBI agents? Was it Catch Me If You Can, Mississippi Burning, The Exiles Fight the Future, or Silence of the Lambs? Ah, that's a good question. Who was it? It was George (laughs) uh, Romero, and who else? Roger Corman and George Romero, both horror directors, and they both... Mm-hmm. And George Romero of Night of the Living Dead franchise. That is correct. And Roger Corman's of what? Fright Night? Uh, I think so. Okay. Uh, George, of course, direct, Night of the Living Dead was probably the first horror movie I think I ever saw. I was like four. So, real quick, let's take a real quick break, right, break while I tell you something crazy. Night of the Living yeah, Dead and the Dawn of the Living Dead were both filmed right outside of my hometown of McKeesport, Pennsylvania. And when that movie came out, Night of the Living Dead came out in, like, 68, 67, whatever year it was. It was mm-hmm. filmed in um, Moreauville, McKeesport, Castle Shannon area. 
And my mom was cast as like Zombie 59. Like she didn't have any lines. She just was in the background as a zombie, right? And as she was on her way to go film the movie, because she got cast, like I said, as like Zombie 59, her friend Brenda called her and said, I'm going to commit suicide. So-and-so just dumped me. You have to come over here. I'm going to kill myself, Lexi. That's my mom's name. So my mom went over to Brenda's house and blew off being in Night of the Living Dead. And every time I talk to her about anything like that I'm doing, she's like, you know, Brenda messed up my life. If I would have been zombie number 59, I'd be in Hollywood right now with a famous acting career. And Brenda really screwed my whole life up. Now look at me. I could have been, I could have been a contender. And she, is, and she has been zombie 59 in Night of the Living Dead. Her life would have unfolded in a much better, more dramatic way. I just had to insert that. <laughs> okay. Anyway. You know my mom. I love your mother. She's awesome. Uh, so what movie was it, guys? Was it Catch Me If You Can, Mississippi Burning, The X-Files, Fight the Future, or Silence of the Lambs? Okay, Saucy, I'm going to ring in, and I'm going to ring in at Silence of the Lamb, and I'm going to tell you why. Because part of Silence of the Lamb was actually filmed in Craig's funeral home in McKeesport. So since that's McKeesport, George Romero has a history of McKeesport. It's the only connection my little brain, my neurons can make. So I am going to make an educated guess at Silence of the Lambs. Is that good or bad? Yes, you uh, are correct. Very long answer. You... Huh? I said my logic was flawless as usual. Uh-huh. That's the first one out of, like, three that you, yeah, whatever. Only because I didn't listen to the answers, and I had the hockey one right. I just couldn't remember if it was a puck or a Zamboni. Yeah. I All I know is I finished my first drink. How are you doing, Sarah? I am on line drink number four. Wow. <laughs> oh, no wonder she's so quiet over there. Yes. Dude, next time Sarah's going to come over, this is going to be so much more fun, like, in person. I have a feeling like you're going to want to fight me. You think you're hot shit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Trivia, Ninja Warrior, I'd kick your ass. This guy's going to fight. Am I going to get beat up when I get back to work Monday, Tuesday? It's very possible. It's very possible. I've got to work fully, darling. What should I do? I, you'll be fine. Sarah makes me give, give me give her my lunch. <laughs> you'll be fine. <laughs> if Sarah can beat you, no, never mind. Anyway, uh, Saucy, you are currently at four. Sarah is at two. And because I like it, uh, we are going to... Uh, Still pop culture. At the 2013 American Music Awards, philanthropist and singer-songwriter Taylor Swift won favorite female artist in the pop rock category. Who won favorite male artist in the same category? Was it Justin Timberlake, Justin Bieber, Matthew West, or Luke Bryan? Wow, I don't know who the last two people are. I don't either. <laughs> Sarah? Saucy? Sarah. Sarah, go ahead. I am just going to say be Justin Bieber. 
That is incorrect. Enjoy your drink. Nine. Okay. I'm going to say Justin Timberlake only because that's the only other person on that list I've ever heard of. That is correct. It was Justin Timberlake. Uh, Although, side note, Taylor Swift also won Artist of the Year. Lucky her. The other two people. I mean, I know I'm not that, like, non-relevant and out of touch. Uh, Luke Bryan, I think, is like a country pop artist, and Matthew West is a random one-hit wonder. I don't know. Um, Yeah. So is music, because I like it. You're right. I say that a lot. Anyway, uh, an extremely contentious publication that was received negatively by both critics and fans alike what a pop icon published a book in 1992 simply titled Sex. Was it... Stop, stop. Titled what? Sex? Sex. Saucy. Mm-hmm. Madonna. Saucy, go ahead. Madonna. That is correct. Despite the negative reception, the book was a commercial success, topping the New York, New York Times bestseller list. Lots of Madonna vaginas in that book. Well, it's one of those things where if you're really, I mean, really, you're going to try and sell a book titled Sex and you think people aren't going to buy it? Yeah, it's brilliant. It is. It's absolutely brilliant. The P.T. Barnum of, like, bubblegum pop of the 80s and 90s. She's brilliant. Yep. Not into her music, well, but I do respect her from a marketing standpoint. She has marketed herself very well. Yeah, she she definitely has. And uh, the thing is, is now I really, I, honestly, I mean, cause it was Cher, and then it was Madonna, and, you know, ran up, like, maybe Britney Spears for five minutes. Really, I think it's Lady Gaga. Really. I mean, as far as the outlandish, will do just about anything, for, you know, the, the shock value of it. But I don't know. I mean, it's, that's just me. Anyway. Um, so at the end of that first round, because we've successfully completed an entire page of my questions. Yeah. Uh, you currently have six, and Sarah has two. And how's everybody feeling so far? I'm on beer Not number three. Too bad. And steady mm-hmm. as she goes. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> that, that's good. That's, that's really good. Sarah hasn't started shouting profanities at me yet, so I think we're good for round two. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think I think we're doing pretty good. Awesome. By round three, this is going to deteriorate into a total WWF slobber knocker. It's very it, possible. Yeah. Mm. Lots of bravado and... One upmanship. Yeah, yeah, I could. I, I think it'd be fun, though. Anyway, uh, moving on to round two. As I said, Saucy, you have six. Sarah has two. And we are moving on to, of course, you know, we had to get to it. Valentine's Day. Oh, I Yay. love you, baby. And baby and Danielle, not Sarah. Although you're cool, too. Aw. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um... Just because, because it is one of my favorite movies. Um, if this is a City of Angels question, I'm out of here. 
No, actually, I was going to say, you, right now, here's two points. And if anybody, notebook. There better not be any fucking no. notebook questions in this game. No. Oh, God, no. I don't that know anything about the bad. notebooks. That would be bad. It's Ryan Gosling. It's like a super romantic. No, no, no. Okay, here's the, here's, <laughs> here's the notebook in a nutshell, okay, because I have seen it. It made me cry because I've worked with too. people. Well, yeah. Anyway. Not for the same reason. The notebook in a nutshell. Um, a man and woman are together since they were, like, in their 20s. And um, the woman gets dementia. So every day this man reads to her out of a journal that he's kept every single day since they first got together to remind her of all of the life that they shared together. But at the end of the day, she can't remember him because she's got dementia so bad. So that's the whole thing with the notebook. The notebook is every day he journaled for her and wrote down everything Are you he sure did. you're not describing 50 first dates? I'm <laughs> sure. The notebook, she had dementia. And that's why I cried because I've worked with people who've had dementia, and that's basically what it is. I mean, they, they forget. So, I mean, sometimes it's at the end of the day, some, but they can't learn anything new. That's the huge thing. Once, that sucks. Um, once a person has developed dementia or has started displaying signs of dementia, they literally cannot learn anything new. I mean, that's it. That's the end of what they can learn. So it's like there were some people, I'd go to wake them up in the morning because I worked at a nursing home. I'd go to wake them up in the morning. They thought they were in high school. They're like, oh, are we going to miss the bus? They never remembered who I was. They never remembered my name. They remembered me by face, but they never remembered my name or anything like that. Excuse me, anything like that because they couldn't, you know. But that's the notebook in a nutshell. The lady loses her mind, and he every day he reads to her, and it's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those. I hate that shit. <laughs> anyway, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to say spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it, it's sad and sappy, and most people absolutely love it. I I liked it once. Only once. Same with Titanic. But I liked it because it was based on a true story. And, you know, I didn't even crap about Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, Saucy, so what if... Yeah, yeah, this, I'm tuning out all your girly gushing. <laughs> okay. We're good. Um, so, beginning of the Valentine round, um, we have Saucy with six and seven with two. Moving on. In what year... Was Valentine's Day first declared? Wow, good question. Was it, was it 1825, 1200, 498, or 1420? Saucy. Saucy, go ahead. Okay, I know the whole story of St. Valentine and how he was in prison. I feel like this took place during the 15th century. I could be off. I'm going to say 14. What was it, 1420? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say 1420. Hey! Ah. That is incorrect. Enjoy your drink. Uh, Sarah, that leaves you with 1825, 1200, or 498. Um, I'm going to go way later and say, was it 1825? Is that what you said? That is what I said. Hey! And that is also incorrect. Enjoy your drink. It was actually the year 498 A.D. 
Pope Gelasius, or Gelasius, Gelasius, whatever, with a G, declared Valentine's Day to be February 14th, 498 A.D. The oldest known Valentine to be in existence today was a poem written in what year? Was it 1825? What's the name of the poem? Uh, I don't think it had a name, but it was written to... Uh, the wife of the Duke of Orleans at the time. Oh, that just gave you the fucking... Okay. Anyway, 1825, 1492, 1415, or 1962. Saucy. Saucy, go ahead. Huh? 1492. Maybe that's what I was thinking of, 15th century. Hey! That is correct. Enjoy your drink. Damn it. Sarah, that leaves you with 1825, 1415, and 1962. I'm going to go with 1415. That is correct. Yay! Make that... Oh, see, now that looks messy. There we go. Uh, Actually, yes. Charles, Duke of Orleans, wrote the oldest valentine to his wife while imprisoned in the Tower of London. He was captured during the Battle of Agincourt. Yes. Well, hmm. Um, just, you know, yeah, moving on. Uh, then put Sarah at three and Nick is twice that at six. How many, about how many Valentines are sent each year? Is God. it 100 million, 500 million, 1 billion, or 10 million? Saucy. Saucy, go ahead. Okay, 10 million is definitely too low. There's 300 million people just in this country, 3 billion people on the planet. Um, what were the other three choices? I don't think it's – how many billion did you say? One. I have a hard time believing a third of this planet since Valentine, so let's get rid of that. What were the other two choices? 100 million and 500 million. That's going to be tough. It's going to be – It's going to, I'm fairly confident it's one of those two. Um, I'm going to say – I'm going to err on the side of more love and say 500 million. That is incorrect. Enjoy your drink. <laughs> Sarah, do you think it is 100 million, 1 billion, or 10 million? I am actually going to go for the higher since it's been around for so long. I'm going to go ahead and say 1 billion. That is correct. It is Yay. 1 billion. Oh, that is going. I thought you said <laughs> yearly. Is that throughout time? Each year, the American Greeting Card Association, or estimates that we send approximately one billion valentines each year. That is, in, that is insane. <laughs> it's a racket. I'm telling you, dude, it's a freaking racket. Why do you think? There's no way. Like, they don't even celebrate Valentine's Day. And at least, I mean. It doesn't matter. Sense. Do you know how many people exactly. I personally know who send valentines to their significant other, to each of their children. Do you understand there's only 300 million people in this country? And a billion is 100 million? Mm -hmm. 
That means there's no way it's all being sent here. How many countries celebrate Valentine's Day? It must be a I would have to guess that we'll, we'll have to dig up exactly all the information, but I would have to guess that most European countries do celebrate it. And I mean, come on, France, really? You know, you know France one does. billion Valentines are sent a year, and I haven't got a Valentine in like 20 years. <laughs> How big of a fucking loser am I? That I don't even get Did one get of the one billion. No. Really? I don't even Did get one. Do we not do Valentine's? No, we haven't done Valentine's in like three years. But I never get Valentine's. I mean, we'll go out and do something. But one billion cent a year, and I can't get one. I need a stalker or somebody. If you have anyone right. out there would like to stalk me and send me a Valentine's to Friday Night Drunken Trivia on Facebook, please do. <laughs> yes. I won't be in a relationship with you, but it would be nice to be wanted, even if it's by a special. Right. <laughs> uh, Okie okay, dokie, okay, then. Um, yeah, speak, okay, since... I'm flabbergasted. Yeah. That blows me, that absolutely floors yeah. me. That one oh, third yeah. of this planet sends Valentine. Yep. Wow. Uh, here's another interesting factoid for you. Or actually, well, question, whatever. Uh, on average, how many marriages are there annually in the United States? This is based on statistics from 2013. Is this answer going to be 40 billion? I mean, <laughs> your potential answers are 4.16 million, 2.16 million, 1.16 million, or 3.16 million. Saucy. Saucy, go ahead. As a guy who had two marriages, one that lasted a year and one that lasted only six days, I'm going to say people get married pretty flippantly in this country and go with the highest. What was it, 4.6 million? 4.16 is the highest. Okay, I'm going to go with 4.16, A. That is incorrect. Enjoy your drink. Sarah, that leaves 2.16, 1.16, or 3.16 million. I'm going to go in the middle um, and say 2.16. This is correct. Damn. Uh, Sarah, you're it up. You're earning those Wait, did you, did you say mm-hmm. correct or incorrect? <laughs> that is correct. There are okay. an average of 2.16 million marriages per year. And interesting, fun fact, as we saw last night, uh, there are around 900 different dating services nationwide, just in the United States. That's not including the ones from overseas where you can buy your bride. That's a lot. So see, it's not just a lot of whatever that out there. A lot of lonely people. We need more love in this country. <laughs> Put a little love in your heart. I'm pro-love. I'm definitely pro-love. Uh, moving on, that put Saucy at That was my very and... white voice. Obviously, I didn't pull it off. Ladies, we need right. more love. That was, that was cute. Uh, that puts Sarah at five, Saucy at six. Wow. Sarah's <laughs> giving me one for my money, and I played a rocket scientist last week, an actual rocket scientist. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. One. Yep. Uh, in the A Charlie Brown Valentine television special. Who kissed Sally's hand after she reads a love poem? Is it 
Pigpen, Snoopy, Schroeder, or Linus? Saucy. Saucy, go ahead. I don't know why I think it's Snoopy, and then she got a crush on a dog, and it got really weird. But I, if my memory serves, I haven't seen the Peanuts in years. I'm going to say Snoopy. That is correct. She didn't have a crush on the dog, but she was reading the poem, and Snoopy was acting out parts of it while Sally was reading. So, of course, at the end, he had to kiss her hand. Snoopy is so suave and debonair. I wish I could roll like Snoopy. Snoopy is a hunk, dude. Like, for real. Snoopy was like it. I yep, mean, he's a P. Diddy of Beagles. He was. He's a P. Diddy of Beagles. Now, Lucy was the one that every time she got licked or a kiss on whatever, she'd be like, ah, slap, dog goons. I'm getting infected. Ah, I'm going to die. Yeah, dog you know. Sally was Charlie Brown's sister who was in love with Linus. Yes. And was always jealous of the blanket. And yeah. Peppermint Patty and Marcy were in a lesbian love affair. Isn't that the rumor? Absolutely. Nice. You know, I always thought it was, yeah, I, I did, yep. Speaking of Peppermint Patty, who is one of my favorite characters, actually, they're all my favorite risky, characters. What a risque cartoon that was for the 60s. Yeah, I love that cartoon. Um... But speaking of Peppermint Patty, what was Peppermint Patty's nickname for Charlie Brown? Saucy. Was it? Oh, Saucy, go ahead. Oh, Peppermint Patty's. Okay, hold on. I was going to say Blockhead, but that was Lucy's nickname. Chuck. Chuck. It was Chuck. That is correct. Nice. Peppermint Patty, who always wore the green shirt and sandals. Always called Charlie Brown Chuck. That was very deep in my brain pan. I don't know how I accessed that information. <laughs> nice. Well, and for whatever reason, Peppermint Patty always reminded me of my Aunt Sharon. Um, I think it was because my Aunt Sharon was, like, the first woman I ever knew who went to the military. Like, seriously, that's how my parents met, is that my Aunt Sharon and my dad were both uh, stationed in Germany. And... Uh, so every time I saw Peppermint Patty, I always thought of my Aunt Sharon. I, I don't – it's you know like one what of those things. Like, I thought, done, and I can't hmm. believe that Mad TV or Saturday Night Live has never done, like, where are they now, the Peanuts, and showed them all grown up. Oh, my god! like, Marcy and Peppermint Patty living together, and Charlie Brown's like a heroin addict. And I can't believe nobody's no, ever done no, that little bit of that. empirical Are you guys theater. talking no, about seriously. on the Adult Swim? I've never yeah, seen that. Has could... someone done that? It's yeah, somebody's done that. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. There's no original ideas left. All right, never mind. Edit that part on, out of the show. Robot Chicken. That's what it is. Yeah, it's Robot Chicken. Yeah. I've never, yeah, seen, I've never seen that. It just came to mind that that would be funny. I'm going to have to look that up for you. It is absolutely hilarious. And I think you're right. I think Charlie Brown is like a drug head or something, and he's all fat and like bald. Yeah. And then Peppermint Patty and uh, I know, but <laughs> Peppermint Patty and uh, what's her name? Yeah, they're they're lesbians. And it's just yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Right. Anyway, uh, moving on in this round, Sarah has five. Saucy, you pulled ahead just a little bit with eight. Nice. Uh, um, mhm. 
Absolutely. Um, approximately what percentage of flowers sold for Valentine's Day are purchased by men? Is it 40%, 65%, 75%, or 50%? Excuse me. I'm going to let Sarah, Sarah answer first for a change. Sarah, yeah, go I was going to say Sarah. Um, I am going to say 60%. Oh. That is incorrect. Enjoy your drink. Thank you. Um, Saucy, that leaves you with 40%. What did you say, Sarah? 50 or 65? 60. What would the, the 60%, I think, is what it was. Uh, yeah. Okay. Saucy, that leaves you with 40%, 50%, or 75%. Did you say 35 or 75? 75. Okay, I'm going to go with 75. That is correct. 75% of the flowers purchased on Valentine's Day are purchased by the males. And according to a 2013 poll, over 50% of women in a long-term relationship would end their relationship, not long-term, I should say relationship, would end their relationship if they did not receive something for Valentine's Day, which I think is retarded. Yeah, you so never get anything for Valentine's Day. Well, you would if they're broke. Really, you're going to dump some guy because he doesn't give you... I mean, sure, there's a million things you can think of that don't cost anything. Guys, if you're broke, write her something nice. Baby, every day is Valentine's Day with you. Aww. I don't need February 14th. You see why I don't need... Aww. And that's how you do it, fellas. That's how you get out of spending money. <laughs> See, now I'm off the hook again this year, and I get sick. Perfect. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, that was cute. Um, approximately what percentage of women send themselves flowers on Valentine's Day each year in the United States? Is it 10%, 20%, 30%, or 40%? Saucy. Okay, well, 75% of men are already sending women flowers. And there's twice, I think there's almost twice as many, like 1.8 times as many women as men. That would mean about 40% of women are not getting flowers on Valentine's Day. But I can't believe all those women would buy themselves flowers. So what were the, um, what were the answers? That'd be 10, 20, 30, and 40%, Mr. Logic Man. Let's go half and say 20. Let's split the difference. That is incorrect. Enjoy your drink. Sarah, do you think it's 10%, 30%, or 40% of women who will send themselves flowers? I am going to go with 10%. That is correct. Approximately 10% of women send themselves flowers on Valentine's Day each year. And of 2013, there were almost 25,000 florists nationwide in the United States, which is approximately five, it, it, assuming it would be even, would be 5,000 florists per, or not 5,000, 500 florists per state, which, right, five, 500? Times two, a lot. 
How's <laughs> that? It, it's a lot. Can you imagine? And, you know, I, I don't know if you've looked, Sarah, because I've looked, because um, I'm just that way. You know, there are some, like, places that sell, like, a de- just a dozen roses. They're supposed to be, like, fancy or something. But it's, like, over 100 bucks for just a dozen roses. Can you believe that? I'm like, seriously? It just, I don't know. Sarah, are you still with us? Yeah, Sarah? I'm still here. Yeah, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm like, hello? Hello? It's lonely. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy, though? Like, freaking really? Like, 100 bucks for roses? I don't think so. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh there's some that I saw that are, um, they're like three foot tall roses and they're like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. I, I don't know how they'd get a three foot tall rose anyway, but whatever. Sassy, have you returned with us? Yes, I have, my love. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Okay, we are. Going to move on from Valentine's Day because it's not nearly as fun as it seemed. Um, but at the end of that round, Saucy has nine, and Sarah has six, and I'm on my <laughs> second full beverage, and I'm feeling pretty nice. How about you guys? How are you guys doing? Good. Ready to dig into fear number four, and I'm maintaining. Maintain, man. Maintain. (laughs) Awesomeness. Okay. We are moving on to pop culture and TV, and they are multiple choice. They are considerably easier. If there's there's any charmed questions, I'm not going to get them right. Yeah, there with you. <laughs> or Buffy or any of that garbage. Ugh, so sad. Uh, anyway. Uh, well, yeah, Although I will tell you this. Over last summer, we went to a comic book convention, and we met a couple people there. And one of the people we met was Screech, Dustin Diamond from mm-hmm. Saved by the Bell. And he was a fucking prick who ripped me off for $15. And then Vivian wanted to meet. I heard that from more than one person. He is horrible. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. He needs punched in the throat, definitely. He wow. went to one of my favorite bars and just like was like a complete ass to everybody. Wow. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I mean, I, you wouldn't think that the biggest nerd on the show would be a dick. Yeah, I he was so. a dick. Uh, and we met Jake the Snake, who was cool, and we met a couple other people. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were just moderately cool. But Vivian wanted to meet Xander for Buffy the um, Vampire Slaver. Slaver. You can tell I've been drinking Slayer. And um, we stood in line. We met Xander. And even though I didn't like the show, uh, because, you know, my ex-wife had every season, all seven seasons, on um, DVD. And I've seen a couple episodes. Didn't like the show. But we met Xander, and he is the fucking nicest guy, biggest Mm -hmm. sweetheart, most down-to-earth person i like famous person i have ever met and i was like wow i said you know i don't like your show but you my friend are cool and i just had a really good experience sitting there talking to xander and i don't know if there's a hundred people listening or a thousand people listening but i thought i should give him his due and say it on the air like the guy i don't even know his name because i don't follow that 
Yeah, that show. I remember his first name was Nick, but I don't know his last name. Mm-hmm. But um, I just wanted to say it on the air in case anybody who likes Buffy is listening, just to kind of uh, re-solidify their positive opinion. The guy who plays Xander was really cool. He was. He was really, really nice. And super buff. He shows me, Dustin Diamond owes me $15. Hi, <laughs> really, I think if he scammed us out of 15 bucks, he probably needed it more than we do. I'm not going to let it go. <laughs> Someday, you'll have a throwdown. Human's freaking ring. Uh, moving on. Scotty, <laughs> you have nine. Sarah, you have six. Um, Sarah, I, can I ask how old are you? I'm sorry, like what? How old are you? Oh, I'm 28. Okay. You might know some of these. You might be screwed on some of these. Oh, <laughs> I know. See, see, well, I don't know. <laughs> this huh? show was written for me and Odell, and we're both in our 40s. Odell, so, I mean, so I did pull a lot of this out. against you. We just didn't know yeah, we were going to have a 28-year-old. Danielle, I guess, didn't know we were going to have a 28-year-old on the show. No, I did pull a lot of this out. Okay, I think I'm pretty good for my age. Just saying. Yeah, you're, yeah really. <laughs> like, you know, a lot of the references that, you know, not everybody. I mean, like, I, I'll be 35 this year, so, and, and I'm weird in that I watch a lot of old stuff. Because like, I because make you. old stuff. And because my, I just watched a lot of old stuff as a kid. I watched MASH. And it helped that, was that we have Welcome Back, Carter, WKRP, Soap, Night <laughs> Night, 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 All of it on DVD. Like we have all the seasons on DVD. What other old shows? Like we just have like the every Flash. eight. You had a Flash, Square Pegs. 21 Jump like Street. Yeah. 21 Jump Street. Yeah, we have all the I old have 21 Jump shows. Street. Nice. Oh, my God. Yeah. Two words, Johnny Depp. Oh, yeah. Richard Rico, anyway. Holly Robinson. That was a great cast. No, Johnny Depp. Richard DeLewis. Just yeah, Johnny no, Depp. no, Johnny Depp. I'm saying they had a lot of art. <laughs> not Peter DeLewis, Peter um, Domelies. What was his name? Don Domelies? Don Domelies' kid. Domelies, yeah. Peter Domelies. Yeah. And then his other Domelies kid was on there in the later years. Yeah, that's a great show. I love 21 Jump Street. It was okay. one of the first shows. I remember when Fox came out. It only came on Thursday nights. It was like Tracy Allman's show that had Simpson sketches on it, 21 Jump Street, and a show called Beans Baxter, which was like this 16-year-old detective. And Fox only came on like Thursday and maybe Friday night. It came on two nights a week. And the rest of the time, they just showed reruns. This was back before Cable. Yeah, right. I do remember 21 Jump and Married with Children. 21 Jump Street and Married with Children were like the first two shows on the Fox network. That's wild. Okay, um, anyway. Yeah. Go ahead, sir. <laughs> Do what now? I, I was just going to say I was obsessed with Married with Children back in the day. Oh, yeah. Like, I had totally crush on Ben Bundy. Absolutely. I, I don't know why. I bet you don't have a crush on him anymore with that um, Hulu <laughs> show he has. No, not after I've seen his naked ass. Um, Dude, more than Bud Bundy? What's his, um, what's his name? I can't believe I can't remember his name. Is he Dexter? Is that the same guy? No. Oh, it's okay. oh, Bud Bundy's name. Anyway, Bud Bundy and one of the guys from Parker Lewis can't lose. Right. Parker yeah. Lewis is on it, and he's got this show where he's this total washed-up loser actor, and every episode like you see him Yeah, yeah, it, it's like their shtick. Every episode you get to see Bud Bundy's naked ass, 
And what's the tattoo that he's got? It's ridiculous. It's like it, it's a trance stamp. Like, how many guys have a trance stamp? Really? Like, they have an episode where they're going to redo the Married with Children as a movie, and they invite Bud Bundy out there, and all the cast from Married with Children is there. But Bud Bundy's not playing Bud Bundy. Um, Seth Green is, and Bud Bundy's yeah. playing the pizza guy. He has, like, a cameo as a pizza person, and Seth um, yeah. Green takes his role. And, like, the whole it's show pizza. is just, like, him and Parker Lewis getting abused. Yeah. I like, like, dude, like, I like it when actors who are washed up come out with stuff that make fun of themselves. Like, there's a movie called Polly Shore is Dead. It's, like, the movie's incredible. Like, Polly Shore is this has-been washed-up actor, and it's this scene where he pulls up, and I don't know if you'll remember this, Sarah, but there used to be this guy called Gerardo who had this song called Rico Suave. Oh, dear God. And he's, like, this one-hit wonder guy, right? And he, and Rico Suave, who has these big hair extensions... And it's like peacock jacket and this bandana, this Latin dude. He's on the side of the road with his kid who's dressed exactly like him selling oranges. And um, yeah. Paulie Short pulls up, and he won't buy any oranges off Rico Suave. And Rico Suave cusses him out and starts throwing oranges at his car. Like, and the really? whole movie yeah. just makes – like Paulie Short is just making fun of himself the whole movie. It's awesome. I, I, I really respect actors who are washed up who can come back and make fun of themselves. Like, they don't have this pretentious, I was an actor, you need, like, if you could come back and make fun of yourself and kind of humble yourself to the public and make fun of the fact that you were popular once and now you're, you don't have that same, like, I can really respect someone. That's got to be hard. Like, what's her name? That Macon girl? God, I hate that show. Oh, yeah, the chick from, um, um, what's the show? They had Suzanne Summers and Patrick Duffy, Step by Step. Yeah. She was from Step yeah, by yeah. Step. That's another one who has a show that just makes fun of how she can't get any work and she's washed up. Yeah, like, everybody hates her and, like, she can't. Yep. It, it, it's sad. Anyway, uh, we're doing a quiz show here. Oh, is that what we're doing? <laughs> yes. Uh, Sarah, you've got six points. Saucy, you have nine. And we probably should get back to it because we're trying to go to 21 and we've got 48 minutes left. Okay. Speed so round. moving right along. Uh, which of the following TV shows saw appearances from Bill Murray, Gilda Radner, Seth Meyers, and Chevy Chase? Was it Mad TV, The Colgate Comedy Hour, Saturday Night Live, or Second City Television? Saucy. Yeah. Well, Saucy, I think you got first. Saucy, go ahead. Um, it's got to be um, SCTV, Second City Television. That is incorrect. Enjoy your drink. Sarah, is it Mad TV, The Colgate Comedy Hour, or Saturday Night Live? I was going to say Saturday Night Live. That is correct. And as of January, well, as of 2014, Saturday Night Live has been on the air for 39 years. See, that question is misleading because you said appearances, but they were all part of the regular cast. They didn't make appearances. They were part of the cast. Okay, well, they've been on it. As cast members, not as making appearances. You make it sound like they did a guest spot. I think that question was phrased incorrectly. I'll have to re- okay, I'll have to rephrase it for you, mister. Uh, what film features Bill Murray as a zany camp counselor? Is it Saucy. Gra- 
Saucy, go ahead. Meatballs. That is correct. Meatballs featured the first film appearance of Bill Murray in a starring role. Name. A little play for Americana, but not a very good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, what type of store did Mindy's father... Never mind, I already did that one. That was, sorry, an old one. Um, which well-known actor starred in the Dirty Harry series of action films? Was it Lee Van Cleef, John Wayne, Robert Redford, or Clint Eastwood? Can Sarah? you read the question again? Okay, go ahead, Sarah. Uh, Sarah, go ahead. Sarah, go ahead. Clint Eastwood. There's a button. Sorry, it took me a second. Yes, that is correct. Uh, the well-known actor who has starred in the five Dirty Harry movies, released Dirty in the Harry, series from ni- 1971 to 1988, that was Clint Eastwood. Mm. Sorry, let me adjust the Bluetooth. Is that a little better? Yeah, you were just kind of staticky when you said that question. Ah. I did a lot of reverb on my end. Directed by Todd Browning. Who played the part of Dracula in the 1931 movie of the same name? Was it Vincent Price, Bella Lugosi? Saucy. It was Bella Lugosi. That is correct. Uh, the movie was based on, of course, the novel Dracula by Bram Stoker, which was first published in 1897. Nice. Yes. Who was Colonel Steve Austin? Saucy. Saucy, go ahead. Lee Majors. Uh, Yeah, I'll have to, yeah. I'll take it even though that's not what I was going for, but you gave me more information, so I'll do it anyway. Uh, As a $6 million man. Yes. The answers were the Terminator, the $6 million man, the Hulk, or Iron Man. But, yes, he was Lee Majors. Uh, And, you know, the $6 million man only aired for four years, 1974 to 1978. They even had the $6 million woman and the $6 million dog who had cybernetic implants. A dog. They were getting desperate at the end. Uh, yeah, I would, I would say and so. Recently, they did a remake of the six, or it was actually called the Bionic Woman. They did a remake of it. So that was the other name of the show: the Bionic Man, the Bionic Woman, blah blah blah. Anyways, okay. I yeah, that's. I I don't know. Really, a bionic dog, really. Yeah, I mean, had an eye that could see like super far. See, I never, I never really saw. I don't think I ever saw that eye. show ever. It's actually a pretty shitty show. Okay. Well, that, that's good then. But the bar uh, wasn't raised very high in the 80s. All right. Uh, we are going to move on to a little bit of music here. What are and we talking? Huh? Score-wise, where are we? That's what I was just about to say. Uh, Saucy, you are at 12. Sarah is at 8. And number one. Is Sarah still with us? I am still here. Is your voice still here? here no, <laughs> it's actually I'm hanging out with Brittany Ridley and my niece Ashley. Nice. Tell Brittany I said hi. She can hear you. She says hi. 
Oh, nice. Okay. Cool. All Uh Dave Matthews of the Dave Matthews Band was born in which country? Was it the United States, South Africa, Canada, or Germany? Saucy. Saucy, go ahead. My friend, well, a girl I once knew, Alzon, was from South Africa, and for some reason... I feel like I remember her talking about how Dave Matthews was from that area. So I'm going to say South Africa. That is correct. I'm surprised to hear that. Um, from 2000 to 2010, the Dave Matthews band earned more money than any other band in North America. I only know that because Al Zong was from there, and I remember her talking about it. Right. All right. Who wrote the first hit song, Different Drum, for the Stone Ponies and their lead singer, Linda Ronstadt? Was it Michael Nesmith, Paul Simon, Neil Diamond, or Bob Dylan? Question one more time. Who wrote the first hit song, Different Drum, for Stone Ponies and their lead singer, Linda Ronstadt? Was it Michael Nesmith? Paul Simon, Neil Diamond, or Bob Dylan? I'm going to let Sarah answer first if she wants. Oh, that sounds super, because I have no idea. Um, I'm just going to take a completely random guess, because I have no clue. Um, Neil Diamond? I have no idea. That is incorrect. Enjoy your drink. Thank you. Uh, Saucy, is it Michael Nesmith, Paul Simon, or Bob Dylan? I don't believe... I can't imagine Bob Dylan writing for Linda Rodstant. I'm going to say A, Michael Nesmith. That is correct. It was Michael Nesmith, and the song reached number 13 on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1967. Getting a little bit newer... Uh, released in June of eight, 1989, what was the name of Nirvana's debut album that was released Saucy. in 1989? Saucy, go ahead. Their debut album was called Bleach. That is correct. It was Bleach. Bleach had sales of over 1.7 million units in the United States. Which, when you think about it, is pretty darn impressive considering there was no such thing as an MP3. Well, I'm sure those numbers moved after Nevermind. I'm sure they didn't sell Bleach the year it came oh, out. Of course. Many units. Oh, yeah. I'm sure people went yeah. back and bought the album after Nevermind. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Who conducted and produced the charity single, We Are the World? Was it Michael Jackson, Lionel Richie, Quincy Jones, or Bruce Springsteen? Saucy. Saucy, go ahead. Quincy Jones. Wow, yes, that is correct. The song was, however, written by Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie. Which, I, yeah, I remember that one. It was the one that like, everybody sang on that video. Was, I feel like the wild. deck is stacked in my favor because all these questions were written for 40-year-olds. Yeah, you're completely right. I, I, I feel a little bit, uh, you know, underage. Okay, we're, we're no, 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 no questions that I won't be able to answer. 
Like I said, this was supposed to be me against Odell. We had no idea where I was going to be playing someone so young tonight. So it, this isn't purposely rigged in my favor. Sorry. Uh, yeah, you, you're good. <laughs> um, here we go. Uh, Katy Perry has been announced as one of the live performers for the 2014 Grammy Awards. Additionally, she has been nominated for Song of the Year for which song? Is it Dark Horse, Unconditionally, Part of Me, or Roar? Yeah, see, I have no idea. (laughs) Again, there were... Sarah, go ahead. I I honestly, I don't really know, but I'm going to go with Roar. That is correct. That happens to be my favorite song on the album. Uh, and, of course, that is Katie pa- Katie's album called Prism. And oh, everybody who loves me to pieces, y'all can go to one of our blog pages and click the Amazon link through there and buy it through there. Yeah. Or you can buy Even Steven Early Morning Punk Songs, re-released in 2013, <laughs> our 1999 classic album. It's Punk Rock. <laughs> Good one. We've sold uh, seven albums, and it would make me really happy if we got that rounded up to ten. That would be cool. What do you if you get gold and like like gold records and platinum? What do you get if you sell ten albums? Like wood, paper, paper. Like, paper okay. <laughs> I'd like my album to go paper. I'd like my album to go wood right. and sell ten copies. <laughs> All righty. Um, let's see, Saucy, you are currently at 16, Sarah is at 9, and could very well catch up. Sarah is holding her own for us, like, for you asking older... For me, like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's okay, we're a little more up to date at the moment. Uh, Royals, which is the song I've had in my head all week long, and I can't stop singing, and has I have no been idea nominated... The song I've been singing in the house. Uh, Royals has been nominated for Song of the Year at the upcoming 2014 Grammy Awards. Who recorded the song? Is it Ariana Grande, Ellie Goulding, Lord, or Lana Del Rey? Wow. I have no idea who any of those people are. Could you repeat the names again? Ariana Grande, Ellie Goulding, Lord or Lana Del Rey? Uh, Sarah? Mm-hmm. I What, what were the names again? Ariana Grande, Ellie Goulding, Lord, or Lana Del Rey? I'm going to go with A. I'm not sure, but I'm going to go with A. That is incorrect. Enjoy your drink. Uh, Saucy, that puts you down to Ellie Goulding, Lord, or Lana Del Rey? I have no idea, but how can I go wrong picking Lord? That is correct. Lord is on. Yes. Uh, yeah, the song Royals is on Lord's debut album called Pure Heroin, 
And Lord is actually from New Zealand. And the whole song is about, you know, we don't care about money. And that's just all there is to it. I, I love the song. Anyway. Uh, riding on the success of her pop hit single, Replay, who recently completed her first Swag It Out concert tour? Was it Debbie Ryan, Zendaya, Stephanie Scott, or Bella Thorne? Wow, these questions are going to make me cry. Yeah, <laughs> I need to start hanging out at Hot Topic or something. I don't know any of this stuff. <laughs> Riding on the success of her pop hit single, Replay, who recently completed her first Swag It Out concert tour? Debbie Ryan, Zendaya, Stephanie Scott, or Bella Thorne? Saucy. Saucy, go ahead. Okay, swag it out. This is totally probably convoluted logic, but let me walk through this. Swag it out doesn't sound like it's going to be sung by a Debbie or a, what was C? Stephanie. Stephanie. I just can't imagine a Stephanie or a Debbie singing swag it out. It has to be an exotic name. So that leaves like Bella, whatever, and what was B? Zendaya. Zendaya. So that leaves the two exotic names, which sounds like it would go rhythmically with swag it out, like Zendaya, swag it out. Um, I'm going to say B, just based clearly on the cadence of how it sounds. That is correct, actually. As of January 2014, Replay has been certified gold for selling 500,000 copies in the United States, and that would be by Miss Zendaya. Logic wins the day once again. That's right. Which of the following hit songs was written by Jamie Scott, Callan Dooley, John Ryan, and the British-Irish boy band One Direction? Oh, Is God. It Hold On, We're Going Home, Stay the Night, Drunk in Love, or Story of My Life. Sarah? This is all you, Sarah. Sarah, go ahead. I'm really not sure, but I'm going to go with the Story of My Life. That is correct. Released by One Direction, Story of My Life is also the fifth track on the album called Now 49 which I actually just finally heard for the first time today because one of the girls brought it in. Eminem <laughs> yeah. uh, and which star have a Billboard 100 hit with the song The Monster? Is oh. it Kesha, Lady Gaga, Miley Cyrus, or Rihanna? Sarah. Saucy. Sarah, go ahead. Rihanna. That is correct. The Monster marks the fourth collaboration between Eminem and Rihanna. Ooh. Uh, let's see. Saucy, you are currently... Eminem is brilliant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Saucy, you currently are at 18. And Sarah is catching up. She's at 11. Nice. 
which of the following songs was recorded by A Great Big World and Christina Aguilera? Is it Counting Stars, White Walls, Let It Go, or Say Something? Saucy? Saucy, go ahead. I don't know why this is stuck in my head, but for some reason, Counting Stars sounds familiar to me. That is incorrect. Enjoy your drink. Keep going. I got a good question. Sarah, Sarah, is it White Walls, Let It Go, or Say Something? Could you repeat the, the question one more time? This song was recorded by A Great Big World. And Christina Aguilera, White Walls, Let It Go, or Say Something? I'm not sure. I'm going to go with Say Something. That is correct. The song was originally released in 2011 without Christina Aguilera, but later they decided to collaborate on a remix. It was awesome. And just in case anybody's wondering, um, we actually have played three different songs this evening. Two of them are in special whatever for the Valentine's Day. Um, The first song that you would have heard, Don't Marry Her, fuck me, is from the Deep South. And then uh, just in case anybody didn't recognize the song from Juno, um, it was uh, Anyone Else But You from Moldy Peaches and the music song, which is by a very awesome band that we have actually spoken to one of the guys from, uh, The Vindictives. It's Terrible Monsters, and it is on the album Music for Robots, right? Music for Robots? We make them all other songs. And, yeah, it, it's they're awesome. Um, anyway, at the end of that little bout, we have got the Sase one at 18, and Sarah currently has 12. Yeah, that is our pal, um, Joey Vindictive. He is incredible in every way. He is okay, truly brilliant. He, he, yeah, he's... Uh, just from the standpoint of how he writes music, I mean, just to come out and he, um did that with some kind of German composer or something, put, a, put together a music for Monsters, and just to take a punk album and turn it into, like, this electronic, like, elevator music spectacle. Yeah, I have a lot of really vindictive. Oh, yeah, he's freaking awesome. Yeah, like, indeed, seriously. Agreed. He is, he, and he's really fa- fascinating to listen to. Uh, just for anybody who cares, um, we do have in the archives... Uh, Wednesday Night Musical Osmosis episode with Joey. Uh, and, of course, remember that's Joey Vindictive, not Joey Bondage. We've spoken to both of them, and they're both really cool. Um, I think Joey... We've got the Gits on there. We've got Lips from Anvil. We've got a lot of very cool bands in the musical I was musical just about to say that I thought Joey Vindictive was my favorite, but then I remembered we talked to Steve Moriarty, and he was... From the Gits. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, got the Human Steven reunion show on there. Honor's Way, Dionic. Yeah, yeah lots of good stuff yeah, on the cool Music Osmosis page. If you like anyway, music. I have got a fresh drink. 
and I'm ready to continue. Remember, uh, we are playing to 21 today, and Saucy, you currently have 18. Sarah is, however, catching up. She's at 12. Sarah's holding her own. I got to get I always hold my own. I am good. But I covet logic, <laughs> and I believe logic will win the day. Even if I don't know mm-hmm. the answer, I think I can logic my way through it. Yeah, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Oh, I am getting um, Yeah, okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, this song was, uh, it was slated to be released on January 1st, 2014, but it has been delayed till March. Uh, which pop icon will release the album Cheek to Cheek? with jazz singer Tony Bennett. Is it Lady Gaga, Madonna, Britney Spears, or Katy Perry? I can't believe Tony Bennett's still alive. I know, I'm Tony, saying, I'm like, who the fuck would he be, like, doing something with? All right. It was slated to be released on January, 20, on January 1st, 2014. Tony Bennett. Um, and the album is called Cheek to Cheek with Tony Bennett. Is it Lady Gaga, Madonna, Britney Spears, or Katy Perry? Sarah. I'm going to let Sarah. Sarah, go ahead. Guess this one. I have no idea, but I'm going to go with Katy Perry. That is incorrect. Enjoy your drink. Go so ahead. That leaves you with the options of Lady Gaga, Madonna, or Britney Spears. Okay, I don't think Madonna would be doing anything that relevant today. I just don't feel like I, I don't feel like Madonna would do that. I don't think Britney Spears would have enough respect for that genre of music to be open enough to do that. I've got to guess Lady Gaga. Bazinga. That is correct. That is one of my things, Lady Gaga. Um, this is actually her second collaboration with Tony. The first being a duet of the song, The Lady is a Tramp. And for those who are like me and like both Lady Gaga, actually Lady Gaga, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Sesame Street, um, you can look up a video of Lady Gaga singing with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, one of my favorite holiday type songs. Gordon is a fucking genius. He is one of my all-time favorite actors and... Once again, I'm old. When you get old, you say things like, we just lost. But we just lost Philip Seymour Hoffman, who was also mm-hmm. a prolific actor. But yes, Joseph Gordon-Lovett is one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, and he has a he has a good voice. I mean, he holds his own. He sang with Lady Gaga, one of my favorite holiday songs, Baby, It's Cold Outside. And well, they did it for like a Sesame Street holiday special or something. It, it was actually really cute. It was really good. The she Lady is, a, they, is off an Alice Cooper album, 1977 Lace and Whiskey yeah. album. I wonder if yep. that's a remake of that song. Uh, I don't know. But, um, no, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, in this particular song, did the, um, the typically woman's you know, part, and Lady Gaga did the man's part, and it was, it was actually really, really good. I liked it. you, you got to see it sometime. It's cool. And he came out with a movie uh, last year called Pesher, where he plays just this degenerate headbanger. And uh, Rain Wilson from The Office, he plays mm-hmm. Dwight Schrute mm-hmm. in The Office, is in that movie. And that movie is amazing. It's an indie film, very little known. But if you guys out there listening have a chance, look up Hesher. It is an amazing movie. It was... Um, 
Also, it Rick is another good movie with um, Levitt's in it and The Lookout. He has every movie he does is gold. Well, you haven't seen uh, what's that one? John Jim is another John Juan guy. or Don Juan or whatever yeah, the hell no, that, that movie is called. A piece of crap. Yeah, he directed even it, that stupid biker movie, that delivery bicycle carrier oh, yeah, movie. That was, so he good. Did. That was entertaining. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a good movie, but it was still an entertaining. I like him in everything he's in. He played the little kid in Third Rock from the Sun. For anybody who's not familiar with him by name. But yeah, in case you've been under a rock. A yeah. third rock. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, um, uh, yeah, you know, Don Juan or Don John or whatever, he actually directed that, though, which uh, I think that. is... Huh? He wrote that movie. Did he really? I, I knew he directed it. I didn't know he wrote it. He was also in 50-50 with Seth Rogen, which is another great movie. Yeah, where he shaved his head because he was, like, had cancer and yeah. I don't remember all of it. Yep. Okay, let's move anyway, on. Anyway, moving on. Uh, it was under my hand. Saucy, you have 19. Sarah is still at 12. And we are still staying relevant to this year. Okay. Uh, well, I'm also quite so I may start getting things wrong. The neurons are not firing quite as quickly. Okay, Rambler. Uh, after a neighbor complained of their property being egged, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department sent 11 squad cars and a dozen detectives to execute a search warrant at which celebrity's Calabasas mansion. Saucy, go ahead. I don't know a lot about current culture, but I do know that was Justin Bieber. Wow. You, yeah, I didn't think you'd know that one. It's yes, been all the uh, like... That was at Justin Bieber's house, and during the raid, officers confiscated some drugs and surveillance tapes, and, you know, rumor has it that a judge ordered him to either go into the military or get out of the freaking country. Oh, no, no, no. No, it was go to jail. So it was either go to the military or go to jail. So, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I don't think uh, Beaver would do well in the military. Uh, no. I don't think he'd do well in either because he sure does have a pretty mouth. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, we know Sarah, that. are you still with us? I am, yes. All righty. Uh, Unless he's going to USO. Um, I guess Justin Beaver could do the USO and have a fairly, like, cushioned military deployment. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so possibly for the win, because off the year at 20, Sarah's at 12. As of January 15, 2004, which of these box office hits had grossed the largest amount of money? Was it... The Hobbit, Desolation of Smog, Frozen, The Hunger Games, Catching Fire, or Despicable Me 2? Warriors, come out and play. <laughs> if anybody what else in the world are you doing? I'm doing my invitation to the crazy guy from the movie The Warriors. 
Or he gets the beer bottles on all his fingers and he clanks them together. If you've never seen The Warriors, it's an amazing movie. You're going to have to remind me later what that's about. 1977, it's all these gangs. They have, like, like, they have the um, baseball furies, which are these guys in baseball outfits dressed like, like they have their face painted like mimes. And that's one gang. Like, the Warriors get framed for killing Cyrus, who is, like, this giant unifier of all the New York inner city gangs. And he, at, like, he has this big convention in the middle of Central Park. And he's like, can you dig it? He's trying to unify all the gangs against the police department, and he gets murdered. Someone assassinates him, and they blame it on the warriors, and the guy who actually assassinates him at the end of the movie puts these beer bottles on his fingers and clanks them together and calls the warriors out. Okay. It's just something that always resonated with me. I saw it when I was young, and it's always been one of my favorites. We'll watch it later. Um, anyway, as of January 15th, 2014, Sarah. this movie... Sarah, go ahead. I'm going to say Hunger Games. That is correct. The Hunger Games Catching Fire, uh, as of January 15th, had made, over, grossed over $413 million. The odds were ever in their favor. And on a sad side note, the two new Hunger Games movies that were just filmed and are coming out this year and next year have... Are the last... D. Moore Philip Hoffman in them. Last movies he did Philip before Seymour he overdosed Hoffman. on heroin. Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Sorry, I'm a little buzzed. Um, last movie he did before he OD'd on heroin, and he was found with 50 bags of heroin. 50 bags. 50? 50 bags you of really heroin. You really wanted to do it right. Dang. I mean, if you're going to fall off the wagon, fall off the wagon. He, The police found 50 bags of heroin. I think they said it added up to almost two kilos. I don't know what a kilo is because I'm not like a, it's a drug supplying. It's 2.2 pounds. Yeah. He was found with almost two, two, two kilos of drugs in his house. 50 different bags. Anyway, uh, that puts Sarah at 13. Saucy, you're still at 20. Uh, the FDA recently issued a warning on which widely used drugs that can be obtained with or without a prescription depending on the dosage. Is it... Huh. Oxymetazoline, ibuprofen, pseudoephedrine, or acetaminophen? Saucy. Saucy, go ahead. For some reason, I'm leaning towards pseudoephedrine just because I feel like it is an off-brand of codeine. Am I correct? That is incorrect. Enjoy your drink. Oh, I'm going to give us the last one you said. Acetaminophen, also known as Tylenol. Uh, the FDA wants health professionals to stop prescribing drugs that contain more than 325 milligrams of acetaminophen per tablet due to the risk of possible liver damage. However, what they fail to say is that old people in nursing homes have been getting Tylenol for freaking ever because that's the only medication that they thought wouldn't interact with everything else. Is so, pseudoephedrine now a derivative of codeine? Uh, Am I wrong on this? Because I figured codeine would be the most addictive over-the-counter drug. See, that's the thing. Typically when they prescribe codeine, it's acetaminophen with codeine. 
Right. Um, but no, pseudoephedrine is a um, is a cold medicine. Right. It uh yeah, it's just a, it's just a play. codeine is a painkiller. Yeah, but doesn't no, those they're two different like kinds. over the count or over the counter cough syrups have codeine as well as pseudoephedrine in? No, 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 no. Or am I totally mixed no. up on this? Uh, you're, it's ephedrine that they used to use to make meth. Pseudoephedrine, I think, is a little bit different in chemical nature. I think that might be one of those things that they watch you and you can only buy X amount of boxes per month or something like that. You would think that a guy that lives on Meth Mountain and seen every would episode know a little of bit more about Mad would fucking know this <laughs> stuff. We know just a little bit more about that, right? Man, I need um, to start doing math so I can start answering correctly on these shows. <laughs> no. I'm sure um, I can go next door and get some. No, not next door. Now, be fair. Not next door. We'd have to go a couple of doors down. A couple of doors down, correct. Anyway, uh, let's see. That puts Sarah at 14, and Saucy, you're still at 20. Um, mm-hmm. Excuse me. According to the New York Times, the top-selling fiction book for January of this year was uh, John Grisham's Sycamore Row, Tom uh, Clancy's Command Authority, baby. Donna Tartt's The Goldfish, or oh, Janet baby. Ivanovich's Take Down 20. Saucy. Saucy, go ahead. There is a lot of militant nuts out there. I've got to say Tom Clancy. I don't know who the other last two people are. That is incorrect. Ah. Enjoy your drink. Uh, Sarah, that gives you John Grisham, Donna Tart, or Janet Ivanovich. Okay, I'm sorry. Could you repeat the ones that I have left? Uh, John Grisham, Donna Tart. Or Janet Ivanovich. I'm gonna go with John Grisham. That is correct. Wow. Sycamore Row by John Grisham was the yep. top uh, the top selling uh, fiction book for January. Top selling nonfiction book in January was Lone Survivor by Mar- Marcus Luttrell and Patrick Robinson. And I just gotta say this, Sarah, if you're a John Grisham fan, this is a little bit of trivia. That's incredible to me. So John Grisham came out with a movie for every book he did once a year in Hollywood. I'm just going to say that I used to work at Borders, and I remember all the John Grisham stuff. Yeah, I'm a big John Grisham fan. (laughs) And what's crazy is, I think it was 94, Natural Born Killers came out. Oliver Stone, Natural Born Killers, which had um, Woody Harrelson in it, came out. And John Grisham was so offended by Natural Born Killers, he's told Hollywood, I don't know what that means, I don't know who in particular, but he said that if they released Natural Born Killers, that he would leave Hollywood and never make another Hollywood movie. And he left Hollywood for like 20 years until he came back with Runaway Jury. Like for 20 years, he would not allow any of his books to be adapted into movies because he was so offended by Oliver Stone's Natural Born Killers. And I just think that's incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty wild. Okay, guys. We I mean, have, that was a tenth uh, movie, but I, I don't understand yeah. why it made him leave Hollywood for almost 20 years. 
Dude. Well, I guess it was 10 years. I think Wonder Ray Jory came out around 2004, 2005. I guess he was going uh, about 10. Okay, Rambler. Um... We have 11 minutes left, and the reason I say we have 11 minutes left is 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 if um, anybody other than us watches Bill Maher, Bill Maher will be on in about 11 minutes. And uh, Sarah, we'll you have off the air at 11 what? Minutes. I said we'll be kicked off the air at 11 minutes, so let's pick it up. All right. Yeah, we'll uh, Sarah currently has 15. Saucy, you have 20, so this could be for the game or not. I'm going to hurry up. Uh, yeah. What? 34 U.S. Air Force officers in charge of launching nuclear missiles were suspended on January 15th because of lewd conduct, incompetency, gambling, or cheating on proficiency tests. Saucy. Saucy, go ahead. Ooh. It could be B or D. I remember hearing the story. Okay, we don't have time. I'm going to say B, incompetence. That is incorrect. Enjoy your drink. Sarah, that leaves you with lewd conduct, gambling, or cheating on proficiency tests. Let's go with cheating. It was cheating. That is correct. The officers have had their security clearance revoked, and the remaining team members responsible for overseeing missile launches will be retested. Um, Going up. Uh, currently, Japan and China are at odds over which of the following scenario, scenarios that many fear might lead to a Japan and China war. Is it Chinese cyber attacks and espionage? Is it ja- Chinese-Japanese trade violations? Disputed Diao Senkaku Island? Or Chinese nuclear buildup? Bossy. Saucy, go ahead. I know China is really shady when it comes to all the trade negotiations. This is a total guess. I'm not familiar with the story. I'm going to say B, trade negotiations. That is incorrect. Enjoy your drink. Uh, Sarah, that leaves you with cyber attacks, uh, the disputed islands, or the nuclear buildup. Let's go with cyber attacks. That is also incorrect. Enjoy your drink. It is actually the disputed Daioyu Senkaku Island. After World War II ended, the United States took control of the disputed islands until 1972 when they decided to return them to Japan. Okay, eight minutes. Speed round, speed round. It was announced that which Canadian band with hits like Let It Ride and Taking Care of Business would be inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame in March. Is it the Guess Who, April Wine, Bachman Turner Overdrive? Saucy. BTO, Bachman Turner Overdrive for the win. That is correct. Uh, Oops. Hit the wrong button. That is correct. Uh, When interviewed... The band members agreed that the release of Not Fragile was actually the band's high point. Yeah, I remember Pat Sheehan told me a story how he went to go see BTO Live, and they played like a 27-minute version of Taking Care of Business, and he wanted to shoot himself. 
<laughs> I always remember that story. He's like, dude, it was like torture. They went on for like 27 minutes with this remake oh of taking care of business. Sarah, yeah, you have was, been a sweet. wonderful contestant, especially for being a last-minute um, contestant. So, you graciously you came on the show. Uh, please be sure to inbox one of us. Your uh, actually. What is Sarah going to receive for playing Sarah this Sarah will receive of her choice of two, up to two flavors of Bark Cookies from BarkCookies.com. Um, if you will, when you get the chance, head on over to BarkCookies.com, check out what kind of flavors you want, let us know, and give us your mailing address. We will forward that information to our lovely sponsor, BarkCookies.com, with the absolute best chocolate chip cookies on the planet, his own mother says the cookies are better than hers. Like, really. And I tell you what, I mean, like, I used to eat Edelman cookies all the time. They were my favorite. And oh, once again, anybody that knows my integrity level knows I'm not going to come on here and be a shill for the corporation, if you want to call it that, or for any business community. But Bart's cookies are amazing. And I wouldn't oh, have them as a sponsor if I didn't. Absolutely no, they're probably going to be the best cookie ever taste. Well, and it's not that it's probably, I mean, I've eaten a lot of cookies in my day. Like, seriously, I love anything chocolate. If it's sweet, I try it. I'm a foodie. That's what I am. I'm, like, majorly a foodie. So when I find something I like, I stick with it. And I wonder now if it's too late to get you some birth cookies for Valentine's Day, because that would be Nice. I like Bart's cookies. And Sarah, yeah, Sarah well, are you still with us, Sarah? Yes, I'm still here. Yes, do you have an Even Steven album? Um, have I ever given I you an Even Steven album? You let me borrow one, but I gave it back. <laughs> uh, would you like an Even Steven album? I just got another box of them. I would love an Even Steven album. Then I will bring you one as a Constellation Prize on top of your Bart's cookies. Yay! Tuesday. Everybody's a winner. Absolutely. Remember, if you like any of the, anything we do, hit us up on Facebook. Really easy. Facebook.com slash Drunken Trivia. Uh, Twitter.com slash Drunken Trivia. Look at that. today? Who am I battling? Uh, I, I don't... It's oh! Uh, that's right. A couple weeks from today, Stassi will be taking on... The only man to ever beat him, that would be Chris, the no- Dr. Nove, Novembrino. Um, and if you have not heard... And the Bear Man radio show, the only, one absolutely. of the only people I will admit is smarter than me. And I'm going to have a roundtable in uh, March with Chris Novembrino, Jason Budd, and hopefully Mike Bushman, also me and the Honey Badger, and, you know... Mike Bushman, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Jason Budd, one of the smartest people I've ever met. Chris Novembrino, also smarter than me. All these guys, me and um, Honey Badger, sitting down and battling it up as Knights of the Political Roundtable. And that's coming in Absolutely. March along with Sarah Beagle from HuffPost. Um, and... Rule and Ruin. Amazing uh, I, I think that's right. Greg, um, Kava Saravesta. Cabot service. Anyway, uh, since there's almost Valentine's Day, 
Uh, I do want to thank you once again, Sarah, for being on. It's been so much fun. Next time you'll have to come over and we'll, we'll all do this. It's awesome. Um, I hope everybody has an awesome, awesome Valentine's Day. And because I can, I would like to leave everyone with our song, Nick Saucy. Here we go, guys. We're going to leave off everybody. with... Hey, wait, stop, stop real quick. Sarah, what's you and your boyfriend's song? What is our song? Yeah, do you guys uh-huh. have a song? Uh, not really. Well, you need to <laughs> lay the romantic smackdown on them and get you guys oh, a song. You can borrow ours. Wait, a, this wait. is our song. <laughs> this is a song that makes us all gushy and lovey dummy. Yep. <laughs> it's from the movie Juno by the Moody Peaches. Okay. Moldy Peaches. You're a part-time lover and a full-time friend. The monkey on your back is the latest trend. I don't see what anyone can see in anyone else. But I you on the brain in the shadow of the train. Kiss you all starry-eyed, my body swinging from side to side. I don't see what anyone can see in anyone else. But here is the church and here is the steeple We sure are cute for two ugly people I don't see what anyone can see in anyone else Heavens forgive me, the trees forgive me So why can't you forgive me? I don't see what anyone can see in anyone else but I will find my niche in your car with my MP3 DVD rumble pack guitar. I don't see what anyone can see in anyone Da 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 da